0: This podcast features discussions about finances and money, which are general in nature. For personal advice specific to your circumstances, see a licensed financial planner or relevant qualified professional. Hi folks, Scott Malcolm here and welcome along to another episode of Looking Under the Hood where we are unpacking the money stuff. Today we're going on a little bit of an adventure with probably a system that many people find a little bit challenging at the best of times, but probably a part of the system that a few people have found themselves having to interact with now that COVID and the pandemic has been playing along, and that is the Centrelink system. So the Department of Human Services manages the system, and so I'm excited today that I'm joined by Sheena Stowe-Smith who is Managing Director and Founder of AdviceLink. Sheena does Centrelink, knows the ins and outs, and I guess is probably one of the, the big finance geeks in this area. So, Sheena, welcome along. Great to have you here.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Scott, although I'm a little bit offended already. I'm a geek, but that's okay. I get excited about Centrelink and the challenges that it kind of throws up.
0: Finance geeks unite, I often say. But look, Shena, we've been asking all our guests that come along just to think about an early, happy or joyous money memory that you might have. So have you got a, an early, happy or joyous money memory?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that growing up, I would have to say my mum has been one of the biggest influences and heroes of my life of all time for many different reasons. And look, you know, she was a really switched on smart lady. She budgeted really, really well. And I think often at times, like, you know, we're a middle-class type of family. We never struggled, struggled, but I never realised how much of an impact that played on a single mum of three kids. And I think I didn't realise because my happy memory is always wanting those LA gears, like always wanting that rusty backpack. And I hope I can say brands and names on all this kind of stuff. But I, my mum never said it was unattainable or out of reach or we couldn't afford it. It was, I'm going to give you the money for the Dunlop volleys, which are kind of cool now, I think. But you work to get your money for your LA Gears. And off I went. I always had this happy money memory as I could achieve my LA Gears. I could get the Reebok pumps because my mum made me work for anything more than the Dunlop volleys. So that's my happy memory. I really, really value that type of work ethic and money memory throughout my whole life.
0: Wow, that's a great one. Thanks so much for sharing that, Sheena. That is awesome. And I'm now having memories of yeah, the Reebok pumps and uh, how cool they were back in the 90s. I, I fear that they're actually now vintage. So if you've probably still got some kicking around, they're probably worth money now. They're probably appreciated in value. Well,
1: that's a money memory I knew before when before I got rid of them. But...
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly right. But look, Centrelink, Department of Human Services, Services Australia, sorry, as they're called. My mum started her career at the Department of Social Security or whatever it was back in the day, DSS. But the system, again, it's there as a safety net. It's there as a support for people. But yeah, it's a bit complex. So what are some of your insights, I guess, around dealing with it or looking at it or Where do we start?
1: It's a good question. Like, I think starting definitely, like, if you've got an advisor, Start there, ask lots and lots of questions, trying to navigate what you're eligible for and when you're eligible for these type of payments can be really, really complex. And there's a lot of, you know, Barbie talk type conversations that go along, which create a lot of assumptions and misconceptions about. So even just something you just said is that it's a fallback system. hundred percent, it was started off as a fallback system. I think in New South Wales, you know, many, many years ago, But it's actually a system that is there and can support you as you are transitioning into retirement. You can still be working. Your partner can still be working. It's not necessarily at rock bottom type fallback position. And even though sometimes you may feel like that if you have to front up to a central office, I think the tips and tricks are just knowing that it's not a dirty word. There are some really great benefits out there. And even if it's just a healthcare card that kind of comes along and just makes that cost of living for yourself just a little bit better, a little bit easier, it's really important to remember that. So getting really good advice early, plan early is one of my biggest tips and tricks around Centrelink. And I've got quite a few to, you know, around the claims process as well that help clients out when they're actually navigating some of this system.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And as you say, it's actually a support and it can be used in conjunction with the rest of your other strategies to get you some good benefits when you get your retirement. So what are some of those benefits? Like if we are staying with the retirement conversation, I guess, to start with, what are some of those things that people need to navigate or, or be aware of?
1: So I think like just for starters, you need to know your age pension age. So that's, you know, coming up to that 67 type age group now. But knowing that just because you're not eligible at that point doesn't mean you'll never be eligible to constantly reassess. If you're not eligible for your age pension, and that's the one that we're mainly talking about with retirees, then you've got to look at the Commonwealth Seniors Healthcare Card. You look at the benefits that come along with that. And it's really, really different from state to state. There's some great work and papers released out there from different fund managers and different providers. And we've got a bit of a cheat sheet as well, which we can provide for some of your listeners around the value of different healthcare cards. So that would be one for your retirees to kind of look at and consider. Going into Centrelink, I totally get that the fear and anxiety it can kind of cause because you are fronting up to a system where there's lineups for people that may be struggling from a work aspect as well. But I think when you get to the front of that queue or you speak to someone, you know, be really clear about what you're in there for, what your situation is, and then you'll get a desired outcome. We have set up our services essentially to help clients navigate that as well, so that they don't need to go to a central League office. They basically only need to do that to provide their ID. Because applying for our clients online and advisors can do this really, really well with their clients as well, is one of the quickest ways, most efficient ways of getting through the system. Something that we need to add to that process, I guess, is is just understanding what we're applying for.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think COVID, the pandemic, especially the online portal. Although again, it's it's probably like most government services. I do shout out to the ATO website's pretty good, and MyGov as a portal is reasonably good, but it is a bit clunky. So I know again for a lot of older clients trying to navigate it for the first time, if they haven't got access to computers and things, it does become a bit of a barrier, so to speak.
1: Yeah, it's probably the worst. Like, so knowing a little bit about the ATO portal or knowing a little bit about the different service, Medicare, all those kind of stuff. Every time I jump onto that Centrelink portal, it is the worst portal system. It's constantly changing. So credit to Centrelink for plowing lots of money. And that is where they're plowing their money into this system, into that online portal. But it is definitely a system where it's never right. It's never accurate. It's very clunky. It's very hard to navigate. And then I was talking to a client the other day who pointed out to me, these warnings, Sheena, they make me feel like a criminal. They make me feel like if I slip up just a little bit here, I'm in fear of doing the wrong thing. You know, I'm in fear of being that next news article where Centrelink is chasing down an amount of debt and that complexity on means testing income and assets that you hold. And when you feel like you're doing the right thing, when you are going to Centrelink, you are providing them with all these updates and changes and all that burden kind of falls back on these people that are trying to understand such a complex system. I can see that that is daunting. And I'm like, that's fine. We've got this. It's okay. I've read those warnings. I know, I know what's going on. But I've also had the luxury of really diving deep into what is income tested, what is asset tested, and where we can kind of go, you know what, we don't need to get the exact date of when you went overseas and came back and all those kind of things, because I know exactly what is going to impact on a client's pension. And you know, I really feel for those people that are navigating this type of system alone and we're out there to really try and help them through this because it's a bit of a burden.
0: Mm, exactly. And I guess we've heard the horror stories in the media about robo-debt and people having to claim things back over time. And so I think that often, as you say, that additional fear and the worry, again, it's not like the tax system where I guess it is self-assessment to a degree, but the Centrelink support system there is actually assessed on that basis as well, isn't it? Is that, is that right?
1: Yeah, and I think the other point... like from a tax system as well, you get to annually check in. So every single year, you get to update your income. You get to check in with the system. You have a a call to action every single year where you go, I'm going to check that this is okay, that I'm paying the right tax, that I'm doing the right thing. Essentially, there is no call to action and that's often the next step. So once you get on claim, you've navigated that system, man, that was a struggle. You brush your hands, you're done. You walk away going, Phew, never want to deal with that again. And unfortunately, that's often what happens for a lot of our retirees. They don't handle that again. They don't check in. They don't give themselves a bit of a pension health check. And they end up creating or missing out on. They're either creating debts or they're creating an underpayment or overpayment for themselves because it's this fear. I, d- I don't know how to talk to Centrelink. I don't know who to talk to. And there's this robo-debt. And this, if I do update things, then I'm going to shake the boat. Like I would say, even if you get yourself into a point where you receive that terrifying Centrelink letter that things aren't right, that there's something that you need to fix if it's a debt letter, and they're terrible automated letters Don't fear, contact Centrelink, contact someone who can help because actioning it, there is a way out, there are options. It's not like you're going to have to pay this debt back in full straight up. Make sure you get some help, make sure you negotiate with Centrelink. So we often negotiate that if there's a large debt to repay back from Centrelink, we often negotiate it down to about $20 per fortnight out of a client's ongoing age pension because impacting their cash flow in such large amounts it's not a pretty picture
0: if something like that's happened there's time frames there's things that people can do isn't there to sort of manage that process before it so sort of gets to okay now i've got to repay it so what would you, your tips be in that space
1: i would definitely ask questions so first and foremost answer the debt that are so ring centrelink speak to the person at the end of that line that says, great, how can I pay this back? But how do I then escalate this? If you if you think it's unfair, and, I, and we're working with a client on one in particular at the moment as well, where we don't think it's fair, we don't think While we think there was an overpayment, we are asking questions whether it's fair to ask for a back payment because she did the right thing. She went into Centrelink. She updated all her information. She has fantastic records, who she spoke to, what date. And unfortunately, and this is definitely... I'm really kind for Centrelink because I work a lot with them but this particular person obviously was lacking a little bit of training, was lacking a little bit of time to do the job correctly and things got out of hand for this particular client. But now she's made to feel like a someone who's done the wrong thing. Yes, she was overpaid but she wasn't to know that. So ask a lot of questions if you can, if you've got great records or great memory, jot down everything that you know you did to rectify any situation and get back to that Centrelink officer, ask for an escalation and also send it over to your local government if you need to. So there's, you know, your Minister Act Services Australia website, you know, ask them the question, get them to review it for you if you're really going nowhere with Centrelink or speak to services like your advisor or advice <laughs> So tips and tricks. Keep good bar notes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And look, I think, as you've said before, like it could even be, I've I've had cases, and you've probably done it as well, where if you call the call centre and it might be about a, a query about something, if you're not getting anywhere with the staff member, you just politely say, oh, okay, thank you very much for your time anyway, and hang up and ring back and you'll get someone else. And it is so interesting sometimes, just the difference in reply or response that you might get from someone just on that. And as I say, I I don't deal with the Centrelink system as much as you would.
1: I think you've read our procedures manual. Like we literally have a procedure. This person was no help. They didn't have the training that they needed. And I think that's where our sympathy comes in for the system as a whole. If you can keep you cool, if you can be nice. And I know that that hold line is... It's a long time and it's unfortunate, but, you know, either outsource it to your advisor and services, but don't ignore it in, in that case. But I do think if you hang up and try again another day, keep you cool, be nice, you're going to get the right result for yourself at some point. The worst thing you could do is ignore it. And that's kind of like our mantra, I think, with Centrelink. We prefer to catch clients earlier. We prefer to get you through the claim and get you on the right pension amount very early on in the system. We prefer you to have a robust review service where you check in with your service on a regular basis and your pension amount and your details on a regular basis. But if that all goes a little bit skew if over time, then don't ignore it. Let's just get it fixed.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And great, great tips there. We are now in the COVID, in the pandemic. So we've talked a little bit about the age retirement and, and that element of the system, especially now, because I guess they've changed the name now. So there's JobKeeper now instead of New Start Allowance. So what are some of the tips if people are navigating or starting to jump into JobKeeper or even the... the the disaster payment right now because of COVID?
1: Um, So I think with the COVID payment, the first point that we're talking to a lot of maybe younger clients, more than what we have in the past, is about actually setting themselves up on the MyGov and the Centrelink system. It's something that they probably haven't done, so I don't know who's handling their tax, but (laughs) something's happening for them. But this is the first time where they know that they need to get a payment from the government system. They're usually pretty good at setting their MyGov up, and then it comes to linking Centrelink. Again, linking Centrelink has been probably one of the most challenging systems to link to that myGov portal. I've got a bit of a story on the website as well about it, but there is a a quick phone number. So you don't need to go in that normal long queue because there's a lot of people in either the phone queues and there's a lot of people standing outside of Centrelink office to actually get this claim through online where you get a linking code. Because Centrelink asks you a lot of questions if you don't have a linking code or you don't know your CRM, they ask you a lot of questions about your passport number, your address that they might know you as, your date of birth, obviously. But if you type that in with a space or without a space or, you know, slightly differently to how their records are recording. It won't match up and you won't get through. So call this number, get a linking code, set yourself up on your Centrelink system. That's point number one. Get in there and actually go through some of the pre-questions on the disaster payment. So there's the COVID disaster payment, and then there's also the pandemic leave disaster payment. The pandemic leave disaster payment is if you're you have to isolate, so or you have to care for someone in isolation. So because they've got COVID or you've been a close contact or something along those lines, you've been forced into isolation. So you can go ahead for that one. It's really, really quick and easy to claim. And that's 1,500 per fortnight of isolation that you have to do or care for someone in isolation. The second one would be the COVID disaster payment, which is probably a little bit more common. It's for those that have at least about a day's work reduced hours, where you can go through and actually claim this. And a lot of states now are opened up to this one. It may be a little bit unfairly. It opened up to New South Wales and not Melbourne when they had those so many weeks in lockdown, but it opened up to New South Wales from about August... So go in, have a look. It starts at about 200 a week for certain payments, but it can go with up to 750 a week. And again, they're constantly changing this. So keep up to date. And it is a real boost if you are struggling in the current COVID conditions. But applying for it online can actually see you have it in your bank account within about two days. Unfortunately, for our retirees, we're actually seeing them suffer a little bit because of the efficiency on one hand is pulling Centrelink staff away from some of their processing needs. So part and parcel of what we're currently living in, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. And look, hats off again to the the staff of Centrelink if you are listening today. Um, they do do tireless work for the most part. There are some really uh, passionate and, and incredible people there. But, Sheena, um, we do try and keep this as uh, short and sweet as possible. It's good for those commutes. Remember when we used to go into offices and stuff?
1: You asked me before this. It was 12 weeks since I've been in a car, I think.
0: <laughs> Podcasts between the bathroom and the kitchen or something, I don't know. Anyway, But um, just to recapture and, and look at some of those things, are there, are there any others? Sort of pointers or tips in there that you would suggest people consider if they are either navigating the Centrelink system for the first time, or sort of trying to re-engage with them.
1: So, probably my biggest tip would be have a look at your Centrelink system online. Try and navigate and click on every single tab that you can. Review what information is on there. If something doesn't seem right. Have a go at updating it and trying to make an attempt to get things back on track. If that is all a little bit too daunting to kind of go in and do a little bit of self-assessment there, speak to someone. My biggest tip is always speak to an advisor or even a Centrelink officer. Like you said, they are really fantastic people. Most of them are there trying to really help the people in front of them. They may have their armour up when you first speak to them because the gig is hard. And I think kindness is met with kindness. So if you can just be a little bit appreciative of where they're at, they'll probably be really appreciative of where you're at and try and get you through the system. But we are here as well. So we're here to answer any questions that we can and guide you along the way as well.
0: Fantastic. And I guess on that, look, I will put all your details in the show notes and some of those other resources that you've mentioned today. But are there any other websites you'd say yet outside of your own, obviously, that you'd uh, you'd look to?
1: So if we're talking directly to clients, I would definitely be looking at things like the Services Australia website to start off with, if that is all a little bit too complex and confusing. If you're in the retiree space, Super Guide um, and Age Pension Guide also have really interesting articles about different tips and tricks. And then on top of that, depending for advisors as well, if you're really diving into the nitty gritty and deep for your clients, there is like a Services Australia, the ACTS that Services Australia have to abide by. It's actually not that bad, but maybe I've just looked at it way too many times now. So I'm happy to provide that link in your notes as well. But it it is a good start to kind of start diving into the real nitty gritty of assessment.
0: Sheena, thanks so much for joining us today. It has been a really cool conversation. We could probably keep talking about this all day because, as you say, it is quite complex, so we might get you back on to unpack and talk about some other nuances within the system later as well. Thanks for your time. I'll add your details to the show notes, but thank you.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Scott.
0: Absolute pleasure. Thanks, everybody, for listening. hope you've enjoyed this episode, and please go and jump on Apple Podcasts and give us a rating if you have liked it. See you all soon.